Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles. The My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles podcast profiles impactful members of our fishing community and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles podcast here on MyFishingCapeCod.com. This is Kevin Collins, the usual host of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, which we have every week here on the website during the course of the spring, summer, and early fall. We're going to try something a little bit different here in the 2019 podcast season. We're going to try to publish one of these My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles podcasts Every few weeks here up on the site, they're going to be for public consumption. Everybody can listen to them and enjoy them as we go through the summer. And we're going to focus the podcast on people that have made an impactful contribution to not just the fishing community here on Cape Cod, but the community in general. You never know who could pop up here on the show, so you want to make sure you give us a listen as we publish these throughout the course of the season. Now, without further ado, I want to welcome in our first ever guest here, and that is none other than Jeff Miller of Canal Bait and Tackle. And for those of you that listen to the MFCC podcast each and every week, you're very familiar with Jeff. But for those of you who are uninitiated, Jeff Miller runs Canal Bait and Tackle right down along the banks of the Cape Cod Canal on Cranberry Highway. They can be found at canalbaitandtackle.com as well. And Jeff is just a wealth of information. We have him on the podcast every week to give a fishing report. And for any of you listening to the sound of my voice that have spent any time in canal bait and tackle, you know, Jeff is just kind of a great resource in this region for fishing the canal, no matter what time of year you want to give it a stab. So Jeff, welcome to the first edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Let's just introduce you to the audience, first of all. Talk a little bit about your involvement with Canal Bait and Tackle when you started working there. Uh, I, Yeah, I've been around in the fishing game since I was like four years old. Because uh, of my father, he used to work at a place called Roy's Bait and Tackle way back when. And uh, he worked there for a couple of years, and then he decided to open Canal Bait and Tackle, buy it off of uh, old man Biff. He used to have that Biff's Bait and Tackle right down the street back in like 95, 1995. And then, yeah, my father bought that and then uh he ran that i don't know for a couple of years heavy and then i was working with him probably when i was like eight years old <laughs> so I, i've been in the business since you know helping out not like running the register or anything like that but you know just being like a little stock boy stuff like that since i was yeah around eight as it currently exists today canal bait and tackle opened its doors in 1996 is that correct yeah uh that was like the very first year I mean, he bought it, like, right in the middle of the season of 95, so, I mean, he still had it. But, yeah, very grand opening, if you if you will, yeah, 1996. So you guys are coming up on 25 years, almost, of service to this region in terms of supplying bait and tackle and just expertise for folks looking to fish. That's pretty amazing. Do you, th- you ever think about that? <laughs> that means I'm old, and I don't like that. But, no, yeah, we've been in the, been in the game for a long time. I mean, my father, he started fishing when he was like 10 years old first fishing the whole guy and then he started fishing the canal with my grandfather but yeah yeah it's been yeah well over 25 years easy so fishing ran in the family for your dad and he picked it up from your grandpa and then you picked it up from your dad it's been a generational thing in the miller family did you know as a little eight nine ten year old kid working you know stocking shelves that this is what you wanted to do 
not really. <laughs> you know, I mean, just you, you start out. It was fun. It's always been a blast, especially during the summer. But no, I mean, when I was gonna, when I was in my teenage years, I was thinking about becoming a Fed, working with my uncle and stuff for uh, immigration customs, but that didn't work out. And so yeah, I've been with uh, the store ever since. It's an absolute blast, and it's awesome because I don't have a boss. <laughs> That's the best part about it. Yeah, there's certain certainly something to be said for being your own boss. So let's go back, Jeff. As you're growing up, you're working at the shop, you're fishing with your dad or your grandpa. What passion did you have in terms of fishing? Did you like surf casting? Did you like fishing from the boat? Or was it an instant attraction to the canal that kind of got you going? Yeah, surf casting. It's always been a blast. Even freshwater, it doesn't matter. You're standing by, you know, the water's edge. Who cares? It's always good. It's therapeutic. I mean, that really started it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, once I started fishing the canal heavy with my dad and then started fishing with guys like Stan Couser and all those guys, you know, then you really start learning so much more. It's not just, you know, you know, just throwing a piece of bait out. You, you learn how to jig, you learn how to plug, cast, all this other stuff. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been really cool. And so as you're growing up fishing, Jeff, were you one of those guys kind of skipping out of school early to go fishing or playing hooky to go fishing? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> That's it. I had the best excuse. But, yeah, I mean, it was always easy to do that, especially if you had to go and get bait or anything like that. And, Jeff, how did you meet Ryan, uh, and where did he fit into you growing up? I know you guys have known each other for quite a few years now. I think high school, around high school. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's been coming in with, uh, yeah, Jake, I don't know how long. It's been a long time. Yeah, you guys yeah, have I known mean, each other probably going on 20 years or so, I'd say, if I had to guess. Around there. Yeah, easy. And with him kind of following a similar path with his love of fishing and him finding a way to, you know, find the time and, and the willpower and the energy to create My Fishing Cape Cod, it's pretty remarkable you know, how you guys have both followed your passion for fishing and been able to kind of make that your your life calling, if you will. You guys have followed very similar paths, both kind of following your dream to, to stay involved in fishing. Yeah, I mean, once you get really addicted to it, you, you never want to get one, you never want to leave, that's for sure, especially not just fishing the canal, but fishing out in boats, fishing the beach. You know, yeah, it gets in your blood real quick. I think the first, I think I met Ryan at the old shop. I think that was the very first time. We're both in high school, and, you know, he, he just loved fishing, so I just kind of gave him some pointers, and then he'd give me pointers, and that's it. And that's how the friendship started, pretty much how that began. Yeah, it's pretty much how a lot of friendships start, you know, when you're talking about fishing, is just kind of sharing resources and information and helping each yeah, other it, catch fish. Yeah, I mean, fishing is kind of like an international language. That's the best way to, to put it. You get guys from all over, all over the world. I've got guys from Europe, South Africa all the Caribbean, they come up here, they fish, you know, we all, we all, we talk the same lingo, the same, same way about fishing that, you know, it's that it, it is a true passion. So as we follow the history, Jeff, of canal bait and tackle, you're getting older now, you're in high school, or maybe you've just graduated high school. When did you really take, you know, this larger role on that you now have where you're just kind of the main face behind the counter at canal bait and tackle? Uh, probably a couple of years after college, I'd say. Yeah, that'd be a safe bet on that. So now you're out of college and you're taking, you know, a larger role at Canal Bait and Tackle and you're behind the counter and 
you're helping run the business. Can you talk a little bit about how you have helped grow the business, especially, you know, with the internet boom and helping maintain the website, get that up and running? Because I know you guys do a, a bang up business online and you've now expanded into eBay and other marketplaces online. Yeah, that was pretty much the big thing. One of my friends that uh, fished the, you know, he, he did a lot of like tuna fishing, small tuna fishing, and then fishing the canal with Scott. Uh, Scott, unfortunately, he's passed away since, but he uh, he's really he was really good with e-commerce, um, and he kind of just taught me, showed showed me the basics of you know how to set up a website, you know how to do this, do this, how to ship stuff. He kind of showed me the ropes, and uh, yeah, ever since then I've been I took over that. And then, you know, promoting the business, showing people you know, how to fish the canal, how to surf cast, how to go out in a boat, you know, that has a lot to do with especially social media, stuff like that. Yeah, that's kind of what I really took over because, you know, my father's not the best on the computer. <laughs> I don't think he knows how to log into a computer. But yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much how I started heavy in the business, especially after college. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, you know, your dad entrusting you to help grow that part of the business as we entered into a new century and the internet bubble really started to take off. It's pretty awesome how he got the business up and running, opened the doors and developed a really nice network of customers and friends down here. And then you came along, graduated from college and helped take the business, you know, to another level and another, you know, 15 years now here we are, you know, with canalbaitandtackle.com doing so well and you expanding your online business, servicing not just Cape Cod, New England, and the United States of America, but as you and I have talked about so many times, you're shipping stuff all over the world for folks fishing for all different species of fish, but wanting your gear. That's just got to be a pretty amazing feeling when you look at it. Yeah, especially when we started making our own lures, you know, especially a lot of the stick baits and the new plugs that we're coming out with. Uh, I mean, you got guys from not just because of Ryan going down to Costa Rica, but you got guys from all around Mexico, Guam, Palau, Hawaii, all those guys. They're watching these videos. They're seeing Ryan. They're seeing all these other guys catch fish on these different types of lures. Then they, you know, they're contacting me through email. We're talking. And they kind of, you know, they're giving me some pointers. I'm giving them pointers. Kind of, it's really cool. It really is. Especially, yeah, I never thought, you know, a remote island in the Pacific. Like in Palau, those guys are, you know, emailing me wanting all the lures that we use in the canal. It's kind of, it, it is strange, but it's it's kind of amazing at the same time. Yeah, so we talk about all the different countries that reach out to you, Jeff, and are asking not just, you know, to be able to order gear, but to ask for advice and, and just kind of trade information on the culture and the way we fish versus the way they fish it kind of leads me into to my next question and it's going to be a tough one you might need to think about it for a sec but in all your years you know behind the counter at the bait shop or just having you know a coffee or or a beer at a local restaurant i wanted to ask you for the best fish story or stories that you've come across and it doesn't necessarily have to be from a local guy it could be you know you trading emails with one of these folks in in a different country the best ones is like the biggest superstition of all time. Don't bring a don't bring a banana on the boat. That was always a good one. Uh, one guy, uh, his name is Jeff too. He went out out in his boat and they're trolling around like the Fingers parking lot. You know, Ryan does the same thing. They're out there trolling with tube and worm, and then bunker spoons and 
they were fishing for three, four hours and catch anything early in the morning. Then they, you know, they're going to have lunch. Then he realizes one of the guys he took out in the boat has a banana. So he instantly takes a banana out of the kid's hand, throws it back in the water. And he's like, don't ever bring a banana on a boat. It's bad luck. So they're trolling around. They haven't caught anything. After lunch, trolling around, probably another like three, four hours and catch one thing. And the guy said, you know what? It's the banana. You, you, you really you screwed up the fishing trip. And he's like, reel up the lines. We're, we're leaving. And, uh, you know, in front of Sandy Neck, there's a vast area. And he's reeling up the line. And on his bunker spoon is the, the same banana <laughs> that the, the kid threw out of the boat because of the bad luck. I mean, that, that right there, that was one of the most insane stories I've ever heard in my life. Ten hours of trolling and the last time you reel up your line, you, you, you catch the banana you threw out. That's a good one. The unfortunate part about that superstition too, Jeff, is that bananas are such an easy food to eat on boats when you think about it. Yeah, I know. It's a great thing to eat. I don't know if there's something behind that superstition, especially after I heard that story. Is they're in their own little like biodegradable shell. If your hands are all gunky and cut up from... It's it's really unfortunate, if you ask me, that bananas are kind of blacklisted on boats all over the world. <laughs> That's true. But it is. I don't know if there's something behind that. It's got to be. That's a good boat story. I mean, in the canal, you hear all this, the stories of guys setting up rods in the rocks and, you know, going back on the backswing because they see the bass break in front of them, catching their own rod and throwing it into the canal. Um, I've seen that twice. <laughs> That's been pretty funny. And I, both times the guy was able to reel the rod back in. You know what I mean? So that that was pretty intense seeing that. I mean, throwing like a $1,000 setup into the canal being able to reel it back in is pretty impressive. As long as it's not your rod being thrown into the canal, that's got to be pretty funny to witness. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Talk a little bit more about, you know, the canal bait and tackle community that you have. Your network, the regulars that come into the shop. I know a lot of them are members of My Fishing Cape Cod as well. It's all just kind of like one big community. Talk a little bit about the vibe in the store. And just kind of the family atmosphere that you guys have down there that I've witnessed at Canal Bait and Tackle. Yeah, I mean, it's just over the years, just people coming in, they have a love for fishing. It's just, it's kind of natural. And just out of nowhere, you just, you know, you start like clicking with people and start talking about different things, start talking about their, you know, their lives, their work, their wives, stuff like that. That's the beauty of it. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, over time, it just happens. Yeah, I mean, we have. I mean, the family's grown ginormous now. Insane. You get to meet people from all all over Cape Cod, all over the East Coast. It's been really cool. It is. It's one of the best things, about, especially about this business. There's so much more positive than there is negative. And that's when Ryan, when he first started doing My Fishing Cape Cod, I'm like, this is going to be outstanding because Ryan's so positive. You're positive. You give that good vibe. That's the whole point of it. You want to like educate and help each other, then also them educate you. You build a community, a good community of people. That's the beauty of it. You know, it's not like some web pages talking about fishing. They're just bashing each other. It's constantly just negativity and talking crap. That just gets old fast. But my Cape God, that that community, you know, it helped build our the, the stores community and you know, vice versa. It's it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, they kind of go hand in hand, my fishing Cape Cod and canal bait and tackle. And I think a lot of the credit for that, Jeff, goes back to you and Ryan just having that 
that friendship and that relationship, you know, starting pretty young and probably going on 20 years of friendship and fishing and working together and collaborate, you share information and, and you help each other as much as possible. Oh yeah, it's outstanding. So One you, of the best things in the world. So you talked a little bit about what the pros are. There are plenty of times, Jeff, where on a Friday night you're firing up the grill and people that come in and, you know, are looking to buy, uh, whether it's a setup or just buy some, you know, frozen mackerel or just kind of, you know, hang out with you. You know, you're throwing burgers and dogs on the grill, slinging them out to people. It's just such a cool vibe. And, and that's one of the huge pros of you being able to, to run your own business. I'm sure there are some challenges. I'm sure there are, are days that are that are harder than others, whether it's just volume of online orders or whatever it may be. Talk a, a little bit about the challenges that you face, you know, running your own business, being your own boss. Uh, I mean, you just got to put a lot of time in. Uh, that's the that's the biggest thing. You got to put a lot of time in. That's the biggest pet peeve, I would say. I mean, you might run into a few people that you just don't click. But you can't make everyone happy. You just got to remember that. But, uh, yeah, the biggest thing is getting the place stocked up ready because that's the worst feeling in the world when people come in and go, hey, man, you have this lore? And I say I don't have it. That really kind of pisses me off that I don't have it. But, I mean, some of the, you know, lore makers, they don't make enough, unfortunately. And uh, sometimes you know, that's one of the things that drives me nuts is that I don't have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I put in so much time trying to have it, make sure that I have enough so I don't, I don't uh, disappoint anyone. Yeah, but, uh, you, you can only control the controllables. If there's not, you know, product to order or there's none to be delivered to the shop, you can't expect you to have it in stock. But you do a great job, I think, of anticipating, Jeff, what people are going to need in volume. And I think one of the things that we do pretty well on our regular podcast, our weekly My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, is we kind of give updates on what's stocked heavy versus what's kind of running thin so that folks that are out there on the website or listening to the podcast, they kind of know where they're at and where your stock's at. Yeah, that's the beauty of the podcast, too. So I don't, you know, people come in and have an expectation going, hey, you have any white magic swimmers? It's kind of like known that you're not going to find them. But this year I stocked up gigantic on them. A lot of stuff like that, especially the Savage Sand Deals. So we don't run out of them. That's the, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, and that just comes with experience, Jeff. All these years, 25-plus years of experience, you know what they're going to need, and kind of you can ballpark guess when they're going to come in heavy and need it. Jeff, one other thing I wanted you to touch on is I've been in the shop multiple times as well and met your father, met your mother, very much a family-run business. Talk a little bit about what that's like now that you're an older guy versus when you were eight years old stocking the shelves. It's pretty cool. I mean, my mother, she was a registered nurse for, I mean, like 38 years. So she was always working night shifts. So she was constantly working. She retired out last year. So she's going to be around a little bit more than, than usual. So that's, I mean, that's pretty cool. I get to see my mom a little bit more than I used to. Because, um, yeah, she started, I was born in Falmouth. She started at Falmouth. And then she started working at other different hospitals, stuff like that. So, I mean. Yeah, that's always a big thing. I mean, my father's here every every morning. Well, a couple mornings he takes off. I'll I'll cover his shift. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's really cool. You you get to work with your parents, and yeah, you do butt heads, but whatever. That's it's this you know small stuff. 
I think it's so unique and so cool that you're in this family unit, Jeff, with you, your mom, and your dad. And now at this stage of the game where canal bait and tackle is in 2019, you know, depending on the day you walk in, you could have all three members of your family mulling around the shop at once. And it's a great local business success story. Oh, yeah. Plus, now I got my old lady. (laughs) She works here now, too. She helps out a bit. That's always a good one. Yeah, 2019 has, has been a big year for Jeff Miller, not only shepherding canal bait and tackle and steering the ship there, but you've got married, so I want to congratulate you on that. And I understand you've also become a homeowner, so things are kind of changing very quickly for you. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I got the – I finally moved on Cape Cod. <laughs> I was born here, now I'm finally I'm back. You know, you know, living in Plymouth, as you know, renting out – renting anywhere is insane, but – no, it's a good feeling to actually have a house. It's pretty much paradise to me, but the only thing that I have to plan is my trip over to see you because you're just on the wrong side of the bridge for me. <laughs> so <laughs> you, when it gets to this yeah. time of year, when I go over and make my trips over to see you to buy supplies and or just to come over and shoot the breeze, which I like to do, bring my dog over, that's the only downfall for me about living in Manomet as opposed to moving down, you know, towards Sandwich or, or one of those other towns just over the bridge. Yeah, no, the Cape isn't easy. It's not, it's not easy going over that bridge every day. That's, that's really the toughest part. I find a lot of people, once they move over the bridge, Jeff, you know, there's no real reason to come back. You've got everything you need over that bridge. There's certainly grocery stores, plenty of liquor stores, plenty of beaches. So once you're over there, you're over there, so. Who knows, maybe, Jeff, now that you've crossed back over the bridge, you know, you're home now, you'll never come back on the other side. <laughs> no, I still go to the, the waterfront, Plymouth waterfront. Oh, yeah. So yeah, That's about it, though. <laughs> as we wrap up our, our conversation, that's what I wanted to ask you about. When you do have a little bit of downtime, which is very rare, what do you like to do to just kind of get away from it all, to, to decompress a little bit? I usually try to go down to down the beach, boardwalk beach, you know, chill out there. Sunday nights, I fish the canal. You know, I close up a little early on Sunday night. I'm used, I usually head down, you know, it's good. It's therapeutic, but yeah, I mean, I kind of know the deal. I know the obligation. You got to be here. So I'm not really worried about it too much. I mean, when I was younger, I used to be a little upset when people would be like, Hey, we're going up to Sandy neck and Labor Day weekend. You want to come out? It's like, can't, <laughs> I've got to work. I wish I can go and party with you guys and fish out on the beach, but I can't. But, yeah, I mean, you just kind of get used to it. Plus, yeah, I love going up to Plymouth Waterfront around there. Or you see me at Fisherman's View. I'll go there, too. Yeah, there's not many, many better places to kind of chill out, grab something to eat, and grab something cold to drink than Fisherman's View. I mean, that what they've done down there is just tremendous, and it's an awesome spot to just kind of decompress. The last question I have for you, Jeff, on today's first edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles is as Canal Bait and Tackle moves toward their 25th anniversary and beyond, Jeff, as you continue to help steer the ship with your dad and your mom and continue to grow the business, what are your hopes and dreams for the business uh, as you move into the future? Uh, Biggest thing, uh, taking a lot of my ideas of different types of lures and expanding that. That's That's my biggest thing right now. Uh, especially like top water plugs, stuff like that. There's a lot of old designs back in like the 50s and 60s that Stan Couser and Stan Gibbs and all those guys helped create. I kind of want to bring them back, you know. 
and uh, kind of tweak them to what the new terminal tackle you have now, the, the different types of finish. You know, those guys back then, they just took a piece of wood and painted it, and they just ran with it. They came up with different designs. You know, Stan Gibbs, those, Stan Gibbs himself, the guy's a legend. He's a ridiculous amount of designs he came up with. You know, I wouldn't mind bringing back a few of them and kind of tweak them, you know, make them so that they're still relevant because there's a lot of stuff that those guys made that people totally forgot about and they have no clue. Yeah, I would like to bring them back. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for spending so much time with me on this first edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles. This is a completely new podcast. This is the first episode, and I couldn't have asked for a better first guest. I hope it was enjoyable and easy for you to tape as well, just kind of giving us some background on on not just you, but the history of your family and the business that is Canal Bait and Tackle we're going to move on this year and, and do a bunch of these podcasts, hopefully, with a wide variety of people that contribute to, you know, the history of fishing on Cape Cod. So I hope folks find these enjoyable. And Jeff, I just want to thank you so much for sharing so much of your time with us and, and opening up and telling us all about the history of Canal Bait. Yeah, no problem. This is easy. This is like you and I talking <laughs> at the store on a Friday night. That's the same thing. Yeah, it's a blast. Thanks to Jeff Miller from Canal Bait and Tackle for being the first ever guest on the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles podcast. I hope all of you, the listeners, enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy taping it. We're going to do our best throughout the course of the summer to publish one of these My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles podcasts every two weeks. So be sure to keep an eye out on the website and for email blasts when these podcasts are published. Once again, thanks so much for listening. This is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off on the first ever edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles podcast. Until we talk again, tight lines and take care. Thanks for listening to the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles podcast. From all of us here at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care. For the latest information on how to fish the Cape, be sure to check out MyFishingCapeCod.com. Become a member today and receive your first month for just $1. Join us as a My Fishing Cape Cod member.